Somebody blows a line off of something and then says something crazy. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what I feel like our discussions for what we're going to start doing are like. Yeah. We're just like, why would we do this? Yeah, right. Uh, well, you know, most of my great ideas come from inebriation. So um, I'll just I'll just point that out and, and leave that at that. But what if we started a production company and just started making movies? Shirts that say like I don't know I don't know I'll, I'll talk to the hand. Yeah, so this I got all these ideas burning in my skull. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, right now as we speak on this episode, we're doing like this Instagram live. Figures tried out. Yeah, um, we got like one person uh, <laughs> checking us out. For the one person that's watching us. Uh, hey, how's it going? And you're the lucky one because I wanted to present this totally awesome copy of Pieces on VHS that I got for Jared because he did not own it. Yeah, that was uh, I was pretty stoked on that. Came to your house yesterday and you just decided to be like, hey, I got Pieces for you. Yeah, realized was, you didn't have it and you should own it. Yeah, it was weird because I we were hanging out a couple weeks ago and I was like, you own Pieces on VHS, right? And you just kind of didn't answer but i kind of knew so i was like fuck this guy doesn't have pieces man if if i'm not gonna blow any horns here but if you guys seen jared's vhs collection slash dvd collection pretty impressive it's pretty crazy there's like a lot of good stuff in there i i own five different copies and five different versions of prowler and like eight different versions of stage fright but i did not own pieces. <laughs> I know. And that's like, I'm like, well, at least if there's one thing I can do, it's try to find you a copy of pieces, which you have now, which is cool. And, I, and I'm and i glad I found the my favorite box art oh, yeah, version the, uh, of pieces. The uh, American one? Yeah. I can't remember the, there's, I think it's Danish. Is it the Denmark one? They released it under the title uh, Chainsaw Devil. I've never seen that one. That's like one of one. I've seen two, I've seen, I think, two people post it. Okay. It was actually somebody was selling it not too long ago, but it was like, I think he was just, he collected a shit ton of fucking pieces and he was selling all his pieces. It was like PM for price. And I was like, I don't even want to know what you want for that. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because there's, like there's like three different American, I think. Yeah, the one with the... The chainsaw. Basically the back picture. Yeah. Uh and I think there's another one, but this one's always been my favorite. So, um, glad, glad you got that now. Uh, so, yeah, we've been away for a while, but we're back, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna, we're talking about a movie that I actually watched for the first time this week. I love picking movies and finding out you haven't seen them. I have not seen this one. It's uh, Macabre, also known as Frozen Terror. Yep. Uh, Lamberto Bava directorial debut yes he was like an assistant director on a dumb amount of things 
fucking Cannibal Holocaust, Inferno, fucking Shock, Jungle Holocaust, Bay of Blood. Pretty much a lot of his dad's movies prior to Gentile's movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he did the screen. He was a screenwriter for Shock. Yep, and he was. Uh, yeah, he was also the assistant director. On it, yeah, too. yeah. So he kind of got his, which is which was right before this. I think it was his film, maybe one or two before this one. Yeah. So he started to expand a little bit out, did the screenwriting for Shock, which I wanted to say, like, Shock, I watched a few times recently within a, like, two or three day span. Yep. Because the fucking soundtrack, like, the score is is phenomenal. I heard the score before I watched the movie. So I'm like, whoa, this is fucking cool. And uh, Shock's a great, great fucking movie. I like it. I think it's I think it's good. I like Shock. I yeah, Shock. Yeah, and that's a recently watched movie for me too. But this movie, uh, man, I'll t- like the first 10, 15 minutes of this movie is really tough to. <laughs> it's like grim. It's like the grimmest way to start a fucking movie. Like, yeah, yeah. The uh, fucking mom goes away, leaves. First off, okay, the mom goes away. The daughter knows what the fuck this deal is, knows what's up. Questions are pretty much right away. Like, calls her out on her bullshit. Right. But then, like, there's a dude who clearly is, like, a caretaker. Like, lawn, like, has a weed whacker in his hand. He's, like, taking care of the lawn. And she's like, hey, can you watch my kids for me? Can you keep an eye on the kids? Yeah, and, you know, I'm, like, it's, I didn't know what what the fuck was going to happen because I'm thinking the kid's out there and there's a lawnmower going. <laughs> and I just see this kid, this uh, the girl, light up a fucking was it a cigarette? Yeah. Okay. And I'm thinking like, some something bad's gonna happen here. But I'm thinking like, is is she gonna push this kid in front of the fucking mower? Like what? It's is like that the fucking scene from Sinister where, <laughs> like the eight millimeter tape and it's it just runs over the person with a lawnmower. Oh god! Or like Sleepaway Camp Three or Oh uh, yeah, that's an even better one. Yeah, like or the. <laughs> What was the maximum overdrive? What what the fuck was that? Was that yeah. a steamroller or was that a lawnmower? There was uh, both. No, no, not. Well, I think there was both. Yeah. There was a lawnmower and a steamroller in that one. Yeah. I don't think they show much with the lawnmower, but they show the steamroller run over the person. Yo, the, yeah, the dude. And gets the, fucking blood spurries out. Oh, God. Yeah. Fucking sweet. But yeah, so that didn't happen. Uh, this girl, she drowns her little brother in the fucking bathtub and stages it as an accident. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty grim. Uh, and then, I don't know, I'm just, like, trying to walk you through if you've never seen it. The first just 15 minutes, that happens, and it's just that that's pretty fucking cold-hearted the way that whole thing went down. And then the mom finds, you know, gets the phone call. Yeah. And then her dude, lover, whatever, is racing to the house and just hits a fucking parking block railing and just gets fucking annihilated and dies in the car like yeah he eats it pretty fucking bad (laughs) (laughs) fuck man like so yeah so then the movie starts and uh from there they act like fast forwards a little bit and this isn't a movie that has a shit ton going on in it there's not a lot that really happens in this movie there's that beginning scene that that beginning like first like 10-15 minutes and then from there kind of builds out it's I don't even know if I'd call it like a slow burn movie because it's not like building tension it's just shit kind of happens and it kind of has this weird fucking like not gonna say eerie feel to it 
almost like claustrophobic feel though like inside that fucking Louisiana boarding house that they're in and it just kind of builds up and builds up just more crazy shit more weird fucking shit fucking she builds a goddamn shrine yeah. to uh, her her dead fucking lover it starts having like fucking tantric orgasms looking at the shrine throughout the whole fucking movie pretty yeah, much, pretty much. <laughs> like what like, <laughs> you read the if you read the plot and you skim through it it's like three different parts in the plot where it's like after she's done masturbating yeah. <laughs> it's like three different four different times man fucking like, the mom Jane yeah. played by Bernice Steggers just yeah. which UK actress um probably the only thing anybody that interesting listening now would know her from would be extra she was in that yeah and then yeah so while she's doing that there's a uh, the guy who runs the boarding house fucking uh, blind guy uh, what the hell's his name Robert yes Andy Robert, Robert. Uh, du- uh, Duval actually it's Robert Duval yeah I was like <laughs> okay like as in colors or uh, yeah fucking falling down fucking Days of Lightning, Days oh, of Thunder. Yeah, days of Thunder. Help me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, uh, was it Sanko Melnar? He was also in another, he was actually in two other um, Bava movies. He was in Blade of the Dark. Yeah. So he was in Blade in the Dark, and then um, uh, in, no, is it 990, I think? Uh, Bava did um, The Mask of Satan, which is kind of a tribute slash loosely based on Black Sunday, like his dad's movie. Really? Yeah, so he's in that as well. I did not know that. I know this Blade character of the Dark. Really? He's the, is he the main guy in Blade of the Dark? I, I want to say yes, but I can't remember. But I think he is. Yeah. He plays this role good, yeah, I think. That can, plays the blind dude. So blind dude, like, basically, he, he gets a thing for Jane... And then there's so many scenes just him laying in bed listening to her fucking, like, orgasm. <laughs> He's just, like, looking at the ceiling. I mean, his face is pointing towards the ceiling. He can't see. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not technically looking at the ceiling. He yeah. doesn't know where the fuck he's looking. Yeah. But, yeah, he, uh, he, he nailed this role for sure. I mean, he, uh, he definitely contributed to, like, the weird tension and, like, transfer of emotions I guess between him and Jane and shit and he added a lot to this movie I think uh, you know yeah I mean I think his role pretty much makes this movie yeah yeah he uh, he he, uh, he was good in this movie it kind of the middle the middle is all like building towards the end pretty much it's like a slow build almost like House of the Devil yeah like you kind of like you get there's she has a fucking science fair fucking collage board for a dead husband dead whatever and then there's her freezer's padlocked so they keep kind of like showing scenes of opening the fridge and you just see this padlocked freezer yeah which honestly if you if you caught this movie under macabre you could guess what's going on in there but you didn't really know but if you bought it under the frozen terror when it got released in america you basically know what's in that fucking freezer when you look at the cover of the VHS. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, and it's weird, too, because I've seen that tape, like, 
for years now, and I've never, I don't know. It's one of those that you just don't. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't realize it had an alternate name. Didn't realize it's fucking what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, once you told me it was fucking Frozen Terror, I was like, holy fuck. I've seen Macabre, like, here and there, but I never watched it. As far as just, like, streaming or, like, skimming through and shit like that. But Frozen Terror, fuck, that tape's been at conventions. That, that's been, fuck, I've seen that everywhere. That that slip or whatever. Oh, yeah. Head in the freezer and shit, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I dug this movie. It was great. Uh, it's kind of a fucking banger for a debut. Because we all know Baba made some pretty fire movies after this. Uh, his dad died shortly after seeing this and said he was like proud of his son. He was proud for this to be his first movie. Yeah. He said, he, said he, like, a, he could die happy knowing his son made such a great first movie. Oh, yeah, for which sure. Which I'm like, dude, yeah, this is my first movie. Which, granted, it was his first official movie that he made. But he had his hand in other ones, and I'm sure he actually directed a lot of those movies that he was considered assistant director on. He probably had more of a hand in those. And so yeah, it's his first movie, but it's not like he just came in fucking cold. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a the ending though. That that ending just absolutely killed me, man. Yeah. Like that shit got uh, it escalated quickly. Dude, okay, so we can't skip over this because I want to punch this girl. The fucking daughter in this movie, she's evil as fuck. And yeah. I just want to punch her. She has a very punchable face. She does. She's like just one of those people that's like... They know what they're doing, and they're just fucking pieces of shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, from the get-go. Yeah. From the fucking get, like, you just get that. Like at first you're just like okay the mom she's the daughter's calling the mom out on her bullshit like going like clearly she's not going where she says she's going so you're thinking like okay and then that that takes a sharp left when she's holding her brother's head under the water God man weird so like it's almost like um, she gave me that bad seed vibe yeah like like almost like a throwback to like bad seed or mother dearest that fucking just like smile with dead eyes yeah just a deviant like, no fucking, fucking child. emotion no feeling like actually gets off on the fact that you're that oh. they're causing you pain yeah or the kid from fucking nightmares and a damaged brain yeah that bratty ass kid just deviant fucking kid man like she pretty much nailed that role because i was fucking I hated her throughout the whole thing so but yeah um, fucking uh so there's a so blind dude kind of snooping around because he realizes something's up thinks something's up finds a finds a chunk of ear oh yeah so he finds a chunk of ear then the daughter comes into the the boarding house and he basically tells the daughter about it and then she cooks dinner the daughter cooks dinner for him and the mom and serves them (laughs) serves the mom the fucking chunk of ear in her soup yeah and just looks and smiles at her. <laughs> like, dude. Yeah, she knew too. Mm-hmm. She knew what time it was. Dude, but the, the daughter takes jabs at the mom throughout this whole movie. Like, am I gonna get wrinkles around my eyes? Like, how's the meeting, mom? Yeah. <laughs> am I gonna get wrinkles when I when I get your age oh, too? <laughs> and the mom she just like looks at her. Yeah, this kid's fucking Satan, Damien. But 
Yeah, man. I'm glad that you picked this movie because uh, I'm not sure when I would have seen it. I'm not sure when I would have fucking checked it out, but uh, I the ending kind of was the whole thing for the beginning and the ending, like kind of fucking. Dude, I can't, I found this movie like 20 years ago. Um, I got the D- on DVD at like a fucking record store. Bought it, found it used. Really? And name alone, I was like, I'm gonna buy it. And then I saw who directed it. I'm like, definitely buying it. Oh yeah. But yeah, the name caught me. Telling horror called macabre, absolutely. Yeah. Lava, okay. Oh, for sure. There's two DVDs that, or was it a DVD and a Blu-ray? I think there might be two. I mean, there's a Blu-ray of it too, I believe. But I think there's, there was two different uh, DVDs. The first one was like 2000, 2002, and the second one was like 07 or 08. Blue Underground, maybe. Yeah, I think there was. I think it was. If I, I might be mistaken, but I think it was Anchor Bay and then Blue Underground. Yeah, Anchor Bay did the first one, which might have been 2000 or something, right? Early. Yeah, I, I think that's the one I have. Okay. It has to be the one I have if I got it like that long ago. Yeah. Because, I mean, the second one, that's when they started pumping out all those Italian films. Blue, Blue Underground. Yeah. Like, that fucking zombie, like, everything was coming out. Like, mostly Italian stuff, which was cool, because before that, where would you ever find those movies? Like, a physical copy if you didn't collect VHS or, you know? Anchor Bay, for a minute there, was pumping out their fucking uh, collector's edition VHS mm-hmm. and just went Argento's collection, the fucking full, all Fulci's catalog. Yep. They just fucking... Bangers all the way through. Yeah, Baba too. Uh, I think they did Baba. They did. Uh, they did some of the English uh, horrors, like House Whipcord and shit like that. Let sleeping corpses lie. Yeah, that's a fucking. That's seriously muddy. That is by. I think that actually is my favorite zombie movie. Really? Yeah. Fucking or the Living uh, Dead at Manchester Morgue. Living Dead yeah. at Manchester Morgue. That's like I think one of my. That is like my favorite fucking zombie film. It's fucking great, man. It is good. I have that clam. And uh, I watch it from time to time. And the cool thing about Anchor Bay was they were releasing those films uncut, mm-hmm. which had never been done up until that point. And I and you know now like where we're at with like uh, like VHS collecting or like discovering older movies, I don't think that it would be what it is now without Anchor Bay stepping up and doing what they did in the middle to late '90s, early 2000s, because they brought these movies out of a fucking dead pool and just like repackaged them uncut I think it had a like, big hand in get making it so people didn't have to get a fucking like six fucking dubbed bootleg from a fucking convention or a fucking mail order catalog yeah you could just get them from Anchor Bay and I think that helps the ball just got the ball rolling with fucking companies getting rights to actually make these fucking movies which led to like all the boutique labels whether you want to call them that now like Arrow and Severin and shit like that just rolling and fucking getting doing like amazing additions of these movies right yeah Anchor Bay had a fucking huge hand in that like cult like cult films horror films Italian films you know what I mean it's uh up until that point like you said most of them were fucking bootlegged or cut censored and shit you're working off a fucking it's like a VHS bootleg of a Japanese laser disc cause Japanese laser discs usually had a, the better quality, and they were fucking usually the, the uncut version. Yeah. So the, yeah, that was cool. But uh, yeah, so this the end of this movie, man. Yeah, dude. This the, the end of this movie is up there with 
and I wish movies would bring this fucking back. <sighs> I fucking miss this these type of endings. Pieces had this type of ending to a degree. Carrie had this type of ending to a degree. And this makes no fucking sense. Like this is just a this is doesn't it makes zero fucking sense. It's not really uh, imperative to the plot. It doesn't tie together any loose ends. Yeah. The severed head <laughs> just jumps up and bites the blind dude <laughs> in the neck. Yeah, because that yeah. And then the fucking like pops up with uh, the message about. Death was un death was determined as like unknown or his death was unknown after the exact like the uh, <laughs> the autopsy the, the autopsy <laughs> yeah God yeah I didn't see that coming I'm talking about the fucking stuff like the the burned face Oh you're talking about okay you're like, talking about yeah, yeah the fight the, with the fucking when those two fight well because it all fucking like it basically it's like all one car pile up section yeah yeah man like she fucking what did she hit the stove. So yeah, so, so uh, Jane and so the mom and the caretaker, the blind caretaker, they start fighting because the mom's losing her fucking shit when she eats the fucking soup, kills the daughter, drowns her in a bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, they keep going. They keep filling that scene, which is actually kind of disturbing because the bathtub's filling up with water, and they keep panning back to it at different stages, so it's like not quite filled up, and she's just like dead. And then it's filled up and her shoe's just floating on the water and she's yeah. just sunk to the bottom. Fuck. She pushes the blind dude down the stairs and she's running around fucking going nuts. She locks the door because she thinks the cops are coming for her. Then, yeah, so those two end up fighting in, like, the kitchen and, like, they fall over and somehow knock the door off of the stove that's on. Yeah. And it almost looks like a fucking rotisserie, like yeah, what you the roll f- some hot dogs fuck? at a fucking 7-Eleven, <laughs> yeah. glowing orange. What the fuck was that? She's fucking face planted, too. And then, yeah, the, the blind dude pushes her, kind of falls onto her, and her face just straight into it. <laughs> That's a very um, lot going on at the end of that movie. but It's basically the beginning to set you up. And then the, the middle to be like something, what what's going on? What's going to happen? Something going to happen? And then that end. Yeah. But honestly, I don't know about you. I never really got bored. Like, it, it's, they're slow. There's not a lot going on, but it's kind of so, it's kind of out there. Yeah. Enough with shit that it keeps you invested. I, I compare the way it's shot in the feel of it to House of the Devil. It predates House of the Devil. Well, yeah, it predates House of the Devil by like 20 years. It does, but I'm saying like House of the Devil has that where it, it, there's not a lot going on, but you're not bored. There's just a weird fucking... It doesn't build tension like House of the Devil. It's no. not like a fucking goat, like a haunted house like feel to it because House of the Devil kind of has that haunted house feel even though it's not a fucking haunted house movie. But yeah, it just kind of shit's building up like you know something's you know something's up like what the fuck's in the in the freezer yeah like that's pretty much I think the whole thing with this is supposed to be like what the fuck's in the freezer yeah you can kind of piece together what the fuck's in the freezer but yeah yeah and then uh, lest we forget Jane making out with the fucking severed head yeah that's a pretty fucking uh, serious scene man that's when uh, that's when you know that's when you know the score. Yeah. Honestly. Eek. 
By the way, another movie that ends similar, Graduation Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got that pieces, like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Things that need to come back. The freeze frame close-up to white screen. And then the nonsensical, crazy, fucking last, like, jump scare ending. Yeah. Bring those fucking things back. Yeah. Yeah, because... Don't try to put a 2020 spin on it. Just bring those exact things back. Right. Yeah, the, uh, the ending to graduation day is... You don't see that coming. I don't care who the fuck you are. <laughs> you don't see that coming at all. Or pieces. And then that even has a freeze... I don't think it goes to white. It just no. goes to, like, credits, but... I think the only ones I can honestly think of that go to white are, was it, Friday the 13th, 1 and 2? 1 and 2. Those are the only, two, the only two movies I can think of that do the... to a, like, white screen. Yeah. It was an early 80s. There was a couple other movies that did that around that time. Oh, fucking Mother's Day did it. I think. Do they? In the beginning, after they fucking rough up that chick and decapitate the dude and she's laughing and it like they do yeah 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 made your mother very proud 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 boom Mother's Day is like fucking which is cool yeah like I mean that was a thing they need to bring that back because I'm sure that's a simple fucking camera effect but it's like it's awesome gives it a better feel oh and at the end of Mother's Day when uh what's her face that's she's scared of jumps out and it freezes the chicks think they got away oh yeah 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 the whole thing that they're the whole reason they're doing everything is to fucking keep that at, that at bay yeah whoever and you think scared. it's like and they're full of shit like they're just crazy and this fucking weird like human-esque thing jumps out of the fucking woods and it just freezes and goes to white dude like yeah pretty cool yeah dude, those fucking those scenes in movies in the 80s it's like pinnacle 80s to me yeah and I'm actually surprised with all, like, the fucking resurgence of 80s horror and for that window in, like, 2010s, like, from, like, actually like, 2005 to, like, 2010, 2015, when people were doing, like, throwback fucking movies that looked like they came from the fucking 80s. Yeah. And nobody did shit like that. Nobody brought that back. Yeah. That's what made those movies great was because the, the, it's simple, but it's... It's like another... It was like a, a another fucking aspect. Those movies, to me, like... Are, are, are fucking great but it's just another reason to point out like that fucking scene is awesome yeah absolutely like fucking wheelchair dude hatchet to the face fucking just rolling down and he's just like yeah absolutely I, I really I'm glad they did that because I I don't think I wanted to see the outcome the landing of that whole thing <laughs> it's bad enough what I seen was bad enough I don't need to see how he fucking lands uh, <laughs> he probably just walked away yeah. He wasn't in that wheelchair forever. Yeah. He said he was going to heal up in like a few Doctors months. Doctors say I'm going to be in here for life. I don't. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely check out Macabre. I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that. It's also known as Frozen Terror. Yeah, that's the American uh, title. Yeah. That's the one with the fucking, you, you, you know what's in the fucking freezer as soon as you see the fucking cover of that movie. Yeah. Um, honestly... As far as this movie goes, it's 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 straightforward. Yep. Um, so what do you think of the the smooth jazz score going through this whole fucking movie? 
Yeah, I don't know uh, if I was really paying attention to the score. I, usually a score grabs me. This one didn't, per se. It wasn't bad. I just it, There was nothing very memorable about the score, I guess. Yeah. It was by um, Imbaldo Cattaniello. He did a few other horror movies. I think he did a couple of Giallo films, and I know he did a bunch of like adult movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, speaking of scores, what did I watch the other day? Uh, it has the same looping. Oh, fuck. What did I just watch the other day, dude? It'll come to me, but it's like... Oh, fucking Fatal Games. What the f- Maracas? It's, it's like before every kill scene, it was a synth line that was pretty much the same one, just maybe at a different tempo. Yeah. With someone shaking maracas at different speeds. Why don't I remember that? Throughout the whole fucking movie, dude. I mean, there's like a score over it, too. But like Now I'm going to watch it again, and that's all I'm going to fucking notice. Oh, dude, it's like... I never noticed it before, and it doesn't bother me. It's just like, I'm just like, there's the fucking maracas again. Like, who's, who's back there with the fucking maracas, dude? Like, <laughs> yeah. That was his job. He took it seriously. Yeah. Uh, I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't perform the hell out of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I I just want to fucking... If, if, if you don't have anything else to add to Macabre. No. Check it out. Definitely if check it out. If you slept on this movie from uh, Bava, just check it out. Yeah. It's, it's not Demons. It's not fucking uh, some of his other work. But it's 100% worth checking out. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I don't think anyone will be disappointed. I just want to fucking say that, like, Roger Corman. I'm late to the game with this guy. Really? Yeah, I haven't... Uh, sleeping on Corman? I have. Uh, I haven't graduated to quite the class of cue the winged serpent yet, but <laughs> I've uh, found a love for humanoids from the deep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a fire film, and I think for its time, it was fucking way ahead of its time, and it's that's almost like borderline criminal to put something out like that at that time when people are screaming like, disrespect to women and oh, just yeah. <laughs> and just the slimy ass sea dudes that are running around that did not look corny that were fucking pretty menacing was i love that movie it's fucking great it's like a window of time in american culture <laughs> i haven't quite gotten into the it's alive movies yet either so i kind of want to fucking maybe have you ever seen the first one i think i don't think so i think maybe i seen like the second one or the Check. third one you got you got to scope out that first one, man. Yeah, I think I I think I need to do that, because I'm on this like Roger Corman kick, for like, it started with Humanoids from the Deep, but then I'm like going through like, oh man, he did all these movies like, so yeah, I uh, I've probably watched Humanoids about five times in the past like week and a half. Corman did a dumb amount of movies. A lot of them had a lot of uh, skin showing. A lot of sleazy stuff going on. He knew how to get your ass in the, to the fucking drive-in. Yeah. And that's the best way to describe his movies. They were all drive-in movies. They were like fucking not, not quite midnight movies, but they were fucking drive-in movies. Like it was must-see drive-in movie from the 70s up, in, up into the 80s and shit. But yeah. Uh, so that's... I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm going to dig into more of Corman's fucking filmography here soon. 
Yeah, I uh, trying to think of some like really good ones off fucking hand. Yeah, I know he did the It's Alive. He did Q. He did uh, Humanoids. Uh, he did a fuck ton, and I can't even think right now off the top of my head. I, I looked him up the other day, and there's a couple. Well, other I think he. Who the fuck actually? He. Produ- I think he produced Q and It's Alive. Fucking um. Cohen did yeah. directed Q and It's Alive. Cohen's the one that's fucking off the rocker. I think, right? Cohen did Q, It's Alive. Cohen did a lot of the weird 70s, like... I don't know. Sleazy fucking movies from the 70s, right? He's, like, infamous for that. Corman put out good movies, but Cohen, when he had a hand in shit, he was like... What's it? It's Alive 3? His whole thing was in one of his movies. He wanted to have a rubber chicken, a part of the fucking movie. And he actually had a part where they were walking through the jungle and someone picks up a rubber chicken, but there's, like, no dialogue to it. It's just a random-ass dude picking up a rubber chicken, and they're still doing the fucking dialogue like it's in the fucking movie. And in the same movie, Cohen put a guy in a fucking rubber suit to come out, like the It's Alive guy, to come out of the water. And they said, uh, wait 15 seconds and pop out, and you'll be it. That's how we're going to shoot it. And the fucking suit filled up with water. And like a minute and a half went by, Dude, and they're I like, why hasn't this guy Where's he fucking killed the guy? Yeah, he would have fucking like drowned in <laughs> yeah. shit in this fucking latex suit. Like, yeah, man. I don't know. Like, yeah, Cohen, yeah. Good, good you brought that up because that dude, man, just listening to him talk, he's a fucking weirdo, man. Have you checked out? Uh, there's a documentary about him, King Cohen. I haven't. I've seen that on uh, Prime or fucking. Check it out. It's somewhere. Yeah. I, think it might, I think I saw it on um, Shutter Have It, maybe Tubi. I don't know. I watched it somewhere. I've a while seen it ago. on one of the streaming sites, yeah. Fucking. Yeah, he's a fucking madman. So, yeah, I just. Uh, that's excellent. Uh, also, uh, Vic Morrow was in Humanoids, which was the guy that got chopped in half by the helicopter in Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was like his uh, last successful movie. He took. He didn't want the Twilight Zone. Uh, role because of the the race the racist role that he had to play, but I guess at that time he was in like a weird twilight of his career, and he's like, well, if I don't take this, who knows when I'll get another call for a movie? So he just like last minute decided to do this role, and it fucking he died on the set and shit. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, so then he never got a call for a role. No man, <laughs> fucking Jesus. Neither did those kids. No, who were fucking working illegally past hours yeah I, I watched that whole uh, cursed films thing again all oh, of them yeah. except for The Crow recently and uh yeah man fucking was it Landis' fault was it the fucking uh was it the stunt not the stunt director was it the stunt director they were trying to put the blame on like it was this guy's fault it was Landis' fault oh yeah 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 the guy well the guy kept saying dude the, the fucking cop the the chopper is too close to the explosions, man. Like, he's like, no, it'll be fine. We need it for like, at, for like, for the full effect. And like, clearly that was fucking wrong. Yeah. God damn. And I never knew any of that happened. My whole life, I've seen the Twilight Zone movie so many fucking times. I think the earliest I, like, the youngest I was was in my teens when I seen it the first time, and I didn't 
know any of that weird shit that happened with any of that. So when I watched that, I'm like, that fucking happened? Like, And then and then the weird thing in, in the f- Cursed Films fucking episode, they don't say or show what actually happened until the very end. So my first time watching that episode, I'm like, what the fuck happened in this movie? Yeah, they're, they're like beating around the bush like, yeah, it's a tragedy. We can't believe this happened. And then finally the last five minutes, I, yeah. I'm like, oh! <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, and then I'm waiting for someone to say something like, well, one of the kids made it. Like, no, it just fucking chopped all three of them in half. I'm like, that might be and the The kids' saddest. parents were on, like, witness the off whole camera thing. watching. Oh, man, that's fucking rough, dude. Like, yikes. So, yeah. Goddamn. But that's a great series. And the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards that just passed. Joe Bob won the best nonfiction. Yeah, which, I mean, I, I get it. Who, but Who wouldn't have known he was going to win but uh, cursed films i thought was that's that, that's what i was kind of like I, okay so the chainsaw awards happen and it's all fan voted so you could vote on it so you can vote as many times as you fucking want um it was non-fiction category and the last driving won i liked last driving yeah it's actually it's on right now yeah we're watching it now um but Compared to like cursed films, and there was another documentary, like actual documentaries, I would not view Last Drive-In as nonfiction. Like, granted, yes, there are the segments he talks in in between the movies, but it's just Aaron two fucking movies. Yeah, and he won because fucking the fan, Joe Bob's fans just were like bam, 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 like voting left and right. And yeah, he's killer. Glad he won it, but. I know. Dude, I don't know if that'd be... I don't know if I'd vote for that for best nonfiction. I forget what the lineup was when they were announcing the nominees, but I think they announced Cursed Films. Yeah. Like, second or third out of five, and then Joe Bob was, like, four, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Cursed Films, and they said Joe Bob, like, well, he fucking won. Like, it's... There's no way he's not gonna win, and I'm not, like, sour about it. Yeah, I can't remember the doll, but it was, like, four documentaries, and then Last Driving. Yeah. God damn, dude. <laughs> but if, I mean... But, dude, okay, so... Joe Bob's got, like, four decades and, like, three generations of fans. Yeah. I'm sure there's people twice our age that actually pay for Shudder because they remember him from TMC in the 80s or whatever the fuck he did. You know what I mean? Dude, like, I'm in groups and people say, like, oh, the only reason I even have Shudder is because of Joe Bob. They get rid of Last Drive and I cancel Shudder. Or once the season ends, Last Drive and I cancel my subscription. I own these movies already. Like, I own them, too. <laughs> like... But I'm also lazy. And if I can be downstairs and just click a movie on Shutter instead of having to walk upstairs, grab the movie, come back down with it, then yeah, I'm, I'm going to pay the $5. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. I, but, I'll always pay for it. Dude, I like it. Talking about the Chainsaw Awards, though. So <laughs> I know I watched it, you watched it, Teflon watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, a few other people we know were like, yeah, dude, fucking chiming in. That was like. If I would have ordered a pizza once it started, I think it would have ended before the pizza showed up. I know. It was very short. It was fucking rapid fire. But, I mean, they didn't have someone at a podium in front of a live audience telling, like, one-liners and puns and shit to entertain the crowd. Well, I figured that, and Ashley pointed this out, too, like, why aren't they showing clips for the nominees for shit? Yeah. So, like, when they say, like, oh, like, best actor, best actress, whatever... Say the fucking person and have the clip of them in that movie. Say the fucking person's name, clip of them in the movie. Like, something like that. Like, yeah, that makes way more fucking sense. Yeah. 
I expected it to be honestly like this is kind of going to I guess age us a little bit to a degree but I expected it to be like the fucking MTV Horror Awards that they did back in like the mid 90s mm-hmm. granted no one in attendance type of thing but they did those things where they had the fucking like scream and they show fucking clip from scream oh, yeah, this yeah. is the next one and they show clip but it was seriously just like yeah so here are the nominees bam 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 bam, bam. and the winner is bam yeah. <laughs> With somebody else. Like, here's the nominees. Mm. Like, fucking hell, man. Yeah. What's up, Jay? Oh, Jay's on? What's up, Jay? Happy birthday. Belated birthday. I uh, I have to uh, send a request to Burnt Offerings Podcast to join the chat, so I can't really see what's going on. So there's probably a ton of... I don't I have no idea. <laughs> I sent the request... Oh, you sent a request? Yeah, here. Accept my request for our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Does the podcast page not follow you? I don't fucking know. We only got two people. Tell us the video. Send your request. You. Go live with me, that one Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Kicked me off for some reason. Well, I gotta fix that. I don't know why the hell we're not following you. All right, Malevolent Steve has joined. Uh, yeah. I guess it's telling me to send another fucking request. Just send it, dude. I'll get up and fucking I'll do the thing again. Hey, we're we're new to this, by the way. Uh, whoever's watching us. I don't do fucking. I've never done any. Yeah. You good? Hold up. You go live. I guess. Yeah, just leave it. Oh shit! Dennis is on there. Ha ha! You. Yeah. Dennis English drummer. Fucking fire, dude. What's up, buddy? Dude. Okay. Obviously, I don't follow Dennis on Instagram, but did we not listen to about an hour and ten minutes of anguish last night hanging out in my... Dude, the double kicks at the end of... Under the Influence. Under the Influence, man. He just rides those out for days. I've listened to that record probably fucking six times this week. I told you, I'm like... My last show I went to before Covey was Shroud and Anguish. That show was banger. And uh, Anguish fucking killed it. So did Shroud. And uh, fuck, I'd love to see him again, man. Like, uh, yeah, I can't say enough about fucking Anguish. They're, they're great, man. Oh, yeah. Anyone that doesn't know who they are, they're, they're great. Check out Anguish from Detroit. But, uh, yeah, dude, fucking uh, the humanoids thing. I did. What have you been watching? Because I got a couple movies here. I got a few. Got a... Kind of got a mixed bag, honestly. So, uh, watched Autopsy. Nice. Uh, fucking, there's mixed feelings about that movie, man. I fucking love that movie. Like 70s Autopsy? Yeah, the fucking, uh, it's part of the, um, Forgotten Jolly. That was like 75, right? Collection. I think it's like 70, somewhere between 74, yeah. 76, something like there. <clears throat> that movie's fucking banger. People like mixed views on it. I love it. Yep. That movie's fucking great. Um, Shaun of the Dead. 
I don't care what anybody fucking says. You I will die on this hill. That movie's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Day of the Dead. Excellent. And, yeah, I think that's, that's uh, probably one of my favorite Romero's. Okay, one of. I said one of. I didn't say that. I was waiting. I just didn't of. know what word salad was going to fall out of your mouth with that one. I just love it, dude. I love it. Honestly, it's it's top tier Savini. It is, and the just the story arc with its military assholes, fucking basically military against fucking science. Yeah. I mean, you just waiting. You're waiting for all the military dudes to get fucking killed. Ah man, stealing fucking yeah, his homeboy. You just waiting for him to die. God, yeah. It's seriously, I, I, I think I clap. I think I clap when that happens. He always has that knack to make you hate someone and wait for him to die in this fucking zombie movies. Oh doesn't yeah, he? yeah. Fuck. Uh, let's see. Uh, Paganini horror. Paganini horror. It was uh, by Luigi uh, Kazi, who did Killer Must Kill Again, Contamination. Um, he did an iteration of the Black Cat. It's not. Not great. I've been wanting to watch it for a while. Alien Contamination. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Yeah. That's uh, Ian McClulloch. Mm-hmm. Great uh, movie, great movie. And then uh, The Initiation. Excellent. Little uh, Clue Gallagher. Little uh, Vera Miles. Yep. Nice little twist at the end. I fucking love The Initiation, actually. It's not bad. I think I always, like... He used to always confuse it with and mix up scenes with it with um, Killer Party. You got the same feel. It's kind of got the same feel. There's like the same type of like sorority house shit going on there. That chick from the initiation was also in the dorm that dripped blood too. Yep, yep, yep. She was. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I'll tell you one movie. uh, Mortuary, dude. Yeah. So I watched Mortuary twice in the last couple weeks and... I'm starting to like that one a little bit more. I kind of just like shoved that one aside the first few times I watched it. Like it's okay, but like it's growing on me now. Like you can't ask for more out of Bill Paxton and Linda Day George and Christopher George. It's a pretty fucking cool movie. But uh, yeah, I've watched that Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, man. Oh, absolutely. I've actually did watch that recently. Yeah. That Oingo Boingo fucking scene, dude. The scene on the bridge? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, fucking, I texted you, like, instantly, like, dude. Because, okay, short story for everyone. I came over here for Thanksgiving last year. And Jared had Oingo Boingo playing on the fucking TV for background noise for, like, six hours. It was just (laughs) random fucking, like, when when the song came on, everybody... What's it called? Something dies. Fucking. That's their hit. No one lives forever. No one lives forever. Fucking. I. I, I heard it like three times in a six-hour block. Uh, just imagine like MTV 120 minutes, but it's all Oingo Boingo. I am. I am like <laughs> infamous for letting shit just loop. Oh, it was cool. I didn't mind it. It was awesome. But we, li- we listened to fucking Ride the Lightning eight times on the way to Chicago. Yeah. I pretty much had the second half of the album nailed, air drummed. Like I just knew, and I've been listening to that that since Womb. But uh, no, fucking the song, I could not put 
my fucking finger on where that song I heard it. And I'm watching Texas Chainsaw 2 the other day, and it just all came together. I'm like, there it is. The, the chainsaw car chase scene. Oingo Boingo's banging through that whole fucking thing, dude. Which makes it even more maniacal. You're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, like on a two-mile-long bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I fucking I love that shit. So, yeah, definitely a big ups on Texas Chainsaw 2. That scene sells that movie. 100%. And Mosley, like, there's that scene, and the um, scene at the radio station when they go there to like get the fucking tape. Well, yeah, the recording. They, oh, yeah. That, th- those two scenes make that fucking. They sell that movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I was a huge fucking fan of uh, Texas Chainsaw too. I'm never gonna, you know, I'm never gonna compare it to the first one. I think it's a standalone film. I stopped there though. I never really did the the Leatherface. I haven't really. You should do Leatherface. I know. I've been told by Kirby and fucking multiple people that I should. I seen Next Generation more times than I should have, and it just never prompted me to go back to watch. Dude, legit, I hate I, Next Generation, dude. People will give me shit for this. I'm not like I don't like defend this movie, but I. Don't hate Next Generation the way a lot of people do. It is what it is. Like it's, it's a fucking thing of its own. But I don't have a hatred for it. I mean, there's some star power in there, but man, it's just too much of whatever it is. Like they oversold some of that stuff. It can, like, yeah, dude, the, the, the shits in there is fucking weird. They, they did. They made some weird. They made some oddball choices. Oh man. They sat down like we're making a Texas Chainsaw movie. And they decided to make those decisions. <laughs> like, shit gets fucking weird. Yeah. And I can't defend scene. it, but there's parts of it that I'm just like, I don't, actually, honestly, I don't fucking, I don't hate it the way a lot of people fucking hate that movie. I've seen worse. I mean, but as far as Texas Chainsaw movies go, can't really dig that one. It's not quite Return of the Boogeyman, but it's, <laughs> it's pretty bad for me. <laughs> But yeah, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna watch Leatherface like this week just to fucking get it under my belt because I've heard it's pretty cool. Eagle Mortensen. Yeah. Well, just that box art's fire with the chainsaw. God, Salt of the Earth printing did shirts. I mean, it was limited run because all their shit's limited run. And it was the it was the cover art with fucking him holding chainsaw. It said like Leatherface and like the splatter writing. Yeah. And as soon as I saw it, I saw it like a day after he posted it and. She was sold out already. Yeah. And Laz Rocket. Oh, yeah, the Laz Rocket song. Oh, it's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Uh, Pumpkinhead. The first Pumpkinhead. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I fucking love Pumpkinhead, dude. Uh, I debated on watching the second one. And I before I name off the other two fucking movies, before we wrap this up, whenever that's going to be, did you want to do some <laughs> of those sequels? Not all of them, but like a couple of fucking what we were talking about. Do you want to wait on that? What are you talking about? Like just. Well, I know we were gonna do. We 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 had an idea to do a fucking episode. You want to do a whole episode on that? Yeah. Okay. Let's fucking do that then. I mean, you can talk about what you've watched. Okay. It's not like we're digging like into it. Well, them. no, because I I just like Pumpkinhead Two was why I brought that up. I, I was like, dude, do I want to watch Blood Wings? You you need to watch. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be on my list for that episode. So. Okay. All right. Uh, but yeah, the first Pumpkinhead is fucking great, man. And uh, Mausoleum. Mm-hmm. 
Mad Max. Love it. First I one. I fucking put on the first Mad Max movie. Love the OG one. I was gonna that my intent that day was to watch the first three. I watched the first one, and that's when I discovered the washer was fixed at my apartment complex and started washing clothes. <laughs> but I did, I did finish the first one. I was going to put on fucking Road Warrior, and I just got distracted. But, yeah, I think I might do uh, Road Warrior and Thunderdome, like, this week, just to... Have you watched... Fury Road? Fury Road. Watch Fury Road. Uh, Spizak told me years ago, like, you better get on that. Like, you really need to. Yeah. I, I heard it's it's pretty fucking good, man. It's pretty much yeah. It's like a good fucking it. It hundred percent fits with the other three, which is all I'm asking for. And it's basically um, a mix between Road Warrior and Beyond Thunderdome. Okay. Well, that's my wheelhouse. Like man. the feeling of that, especially like towards the end, like the whole. It's basically a fucking big ass chase with crazy shit fucking happening. That's awesome. There's a guy with a flaming guitar. Fuck yeah. Dude's flinging on fucking poles. Yeah, I'm game. I always like Charlize Theron missing an arm. We got it all. Charlize Theron's in that movie? Fuck yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Dude, fucking, I always tell people Thunderdome's my, always been my favorite. And it's not a popular opinion. <laughs> it's a good movie. I love it, dude. I, love I think it. Uh, I think we talked about it before on here, and I brought up, because I, I watched them all at that point. Like, I just did, like, a run-through of, like, all of them. It's the fucking Anvil score base it's basically a fucking anvil score not the band anvil like an actual hammer hitting an anvil oh, score yeah, yeah. in thunderdome thunderdome yeah. master blaster's fucking sick too two man enter one man leave dude fucking homeboy from road warrior with the microphone <laughs> every iteration of jokes that people made the fucking they put a the ice cream cone in his hand then there was the video somebody made of him singing like "Oh Holy Night." <laughs> that's just fucking. That's out of hand, dude. That's out of hand. Uh, and I hit you up the other day. Big Trouble in fucking Little China. Absolutely. Dude. You know how long it has been since I've watched that? Before two days ago, yeah. I dude, I was like, I'm digging through my tapes, and I'm like, I don't really want to do horror right now. I want to do something else. Like, I fucking dug that out, man, and man, that movie's fucking great. And then, and then that got me thinking of how much I love Kurt Russell. For one, for one, it needs to be documented and noted on this episode that no one between, I want to say, 79-80-ish to maybe 91-ish had more luscious locks than fucking <laughs> Kurt Russell. I mean, bearded, unbearded, thing, overboard, you name it, those locks were banging, dude. Fucking overboard. Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it, dude. Uh, Tango and Cash. I just watched. Actually, I did. I just watched Tango and Cash uh, the other day. Oh, it's great, dude. Uh, and then I'm just sitting there thinking, like, man, we, we got a whole run of fucking Kurt Russell movies that are just pure fire. Escape from New York, which I was gonna watch after uh, fucking Big Trouble in Little China, The Thing, and then you know you got your Tango and Cash, your Overboard, dude. Almost all of his movies. They're awesome. All the way even through till Miracle. Miracle was the Disney hockey movie. Yeah, I think Alejandro. No, was it Alejandro? Who the fuck posted that? Somebody posted something like, "Give me uh, Kurt Russell's hot in every role." Yeah, and 
<laughs> guy posted a picture of him as fucking Herb Brooks from Miracle. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I said what I said. Oh, man. What did he do? Did he do Captain Ron? Yeah, was he did. <laughs> Dude, he was fire in the Fucking 90s. falls asleep with the fucking... He moves his eye patch over to his good eye, and he falls asleep with his, his bad eyes, like, always open. <laughs> Come down, they think he's dead, and he's like, Whoa. Captain Ron was fire, dude. He's amazing. Martin Short, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> dude, Captain Ron's fucking amazing. Yeah, we might have to dude night it up and watch Captain Ron or just all Kurt Russell movies. I don't give a fuck. We'll do Overboard, Captain Ron, and something else. I don't know. Big do the trouble. fucking Kurt Russell wrangle, dude. Yeah. Fucking get a fucking block. <laughs> I want you to take a picture of me. On that night when we do Kurt Russell night, and I'm literally going to wear, like, a muscle tank, and I'm just going to hold it. (laughs) Fucking overboard? Yeah, dude. Yeah, so I built it out of pine. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking get with it, dude. Dude, what about the fucking uh, bikini Goldie Hawn's wearing in overboard? That's the only time I've ever found her attractive. My dad... Thought that like Goldie Hawn was sent from some other fucking planet for all of fucking. I'm like, she's not. I mean, I've seen Nighthawks. I'm not impressed. I've seen what else was she in? Like everything I ever seen her in, and like what Banger what's, Sisters. What's that movie where she was uh, the football coach? Like, oh yeah. Well, that was uh, that was not Nighthawks. That was. Um, that was like one of her big famous movies too. Yeah, she had to prove that she was, she had to prove herself to the team basically. Yeah, that was not Nighthawks, or was it? Something like that. I don't know. But yeah, she was like the coach of the football team and shit. But I just never, I don't know why, why what, what all the the rage was about Goldie Hawn back then. <laughs> the fuck, man. I understand Farrah Fawcett. I understand Bo Derek. I don't understand Goldie Hawn. No. No. But yeah, uh, and the the third chick on Three's Company was hotter than all of them. I think she was the hottest chick in the eighties. Who was the third chick? I don't know. Her name was fucking. Uh, or no, the second chick. Uh, third chick was Terry from Devil's Rejects. Okay. And also, you know way more about Three's Company than I do. So yeah, she was also in uh, Stepfather Three. She was the mom. Stepfather Three. Oh okay, yeah. She was Terry on Three's Company. Now, when Suzanne Summers left, Chrissy, the cousin of Suzanne Summers, moved in. Or, no, Chrissy, uh, I forget what her name was, but she was, I don't even know what she went on to do after that, but she was like, stop it. So, we're talking like 81, 83 wheelhouse, maybe. It's, it's all dangerous. <laughs> but uh, what do you, what do you, what do you been jamming, dude? I got a, I got a, yeah, a couple, a couple things. Been really fucking waking up to Halloween. That's excellent. Fucking uh, Keeper of the Seven Keys. Dude, you want to kick off your day right? Drink your coffee to I'm Alive. I just jammed that the other day, man. Dude, I will throw my couch through my living room window and then throw it back through my dining room window. (laughs) That song gets me pumped. Yeah. Like, that's like a fucking I'm, I'm tired kick that on like let's go dude you need you know building that garage i got you yeah. <laughs> you, you need to raise a barn let's fucking go replace the song from silent night deadly night when he's like got good work ethic with that song when he's like 
you know, fixing the books and like you know helping the kids <laughs> and shit. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then, uh, fucking Bratz, 1980, the band that like predates uh, Merciful Fate. Ah, okay. I showed them to you guys before, right? Yeah. I fucking love that band. I actually just picked up because I've never uh, got picked up like the OG pressing. Hell's Headbangers got the repressing of it in. Just got that. Stoked on that. Fuck yeah, man. Um, fucking Fashion Bathers with I showed you. Oh, dude, I love it. Fashion Bathers. bathers for those who don't know, those who care, uh, one man project by uh, Joe, known from uh, Arch Archagathis. Fucking, uh, he also was Gourmet. He was in Violent Gorge. I think he was in Skunk too. Fucking amazing! Like, what would you call that? It's uh, like it's almost a, like synth poppy. Fucking like, definitely hear some Ramones in there. It's got like a British uh, synth pop, like post punk fucking feel to it i don't know yeah, it's, it's, it's like cool, fucking though. guitar yeah. guitar and drums yeah it's and a it's one fucking project fire yeah it's good it's really good um after the bombs the relentless onslaught album fucking that amazing uh, i think they only did they did that i think maybe like two seven inches right on i think i was like i put it on when we were coming i was gonna say i heard some of it on the way back from I don't know if I've ever showed you those guys. No. I was digging it. We were sitting in... We say, were, we were really looking up it. the Henry Rollins and the Crow. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, this is... What are we jamming here? Yeah, fucking killer band. Um, a little bit mortician. Listen to fucking Hacked Up for Barbecue. Excellent. Uh, ran through like three or four Dead Kennedy albums. Fresh Fruit. Uh, Fresh Fruit, Bedtime for Democracy, Plastic Surgery Disaster, and then I did... Uh, and God We Trust Incorporated. Excellent. Yeah, fresh fruit's always been my favorite. Fresh fruit for radic vegetables. I think my favorite's probably plastic surgery disaster. Um, I I guess also In uh, God We Trust Inc., but it's like basically an EP. It's fucking short, but it's like in their quickest fucking songs. Yeah. And then there's some bangers on Bedtime for Democracy. One's just kind of call shit out, like, Chicken Chicken Formis is a banger song. They have a fucking um, a few other ones that kind of call out fucking just the way the scene's going. I, just that fucking album's awesome. Um, and then uh, Paranoid, their uh, 2020 release, Out Raising Hell. We were you were jamming them a couple weeks ago when I got in the car with you. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're. Uh, I always get confused because they're not from Japan, but they use Japan font for their logo. Yeah, I think they use Chinese characters for the fucking logo. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're good, dude. Absolutely. That's basically all I've been jamming. Yeah, as far as I can think, I don't leave my fucking house, so it's just whenever I put on CDs or I think I was jamming a, or whenever I put on uh, records and shit. But I was jamming a Electric Wizard too. New, old, uh, older stuff. I think I've listened to Come My Fanatics, Witch Cult, Black Masses. Yeah, those are all great. Those I think there's one more. I can't remember. That's like I noticed when like if I'm like sitting at the computer like doing like programming shit, I'll just fucking roll through Electric Wizard. Fuck Something you, about it is just fucking like I can just like zone in. It's like come my fanatics is so fucking good, man. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. That early stuff before Dope Throne was great. Oh yeah, that's the other one I listened to. Dope Throne. Dope Throne. Yeah. 
I, dude, I've been listening to a fuck ton of Mortician, dude. A lot of it. All for like fucking a week. But the albums I don't normally listen to. Yeah. Uh, Darkest Day of Horror. Domain See, I saw you that. listen to that one like last night. It's fucking awesome. I've never, I don't even know if I've ever listened to that album. It was like their last, I think their last one. No, their last one was Domain of Death, I think. Or it was one of those two. It was a 2002 and a 2004. And that's when people said that the, they weren't as good. I disagree. I think those fucking albums are great. They're not hacked up or Chainsaw Chainsaw or House by the Cemetery, but they're fucking great. So I've been listening to a lot of that. And then, uh, so I'm probably going to get some weird head turns, whoever's listening or watching or whatever. But, dude, I've been jamming Power Trip for, like, a week and a half now. And it's not, like, anything special, I think, like, music-wise or whatever. But I was way late. I just refused to, like, fall into that whole, like, dude, Power Trip rules kind of thing. I've always liked Municipal, Toxic Holocaust, any, like, modern thrash-esque band but like I actually checked these guys out after the singer died just because I a lot of people were posting around that time like yeah. and just like bits of tracks and shit and I heard some riffs in there throughout like a three or four day period where I'm like whoa that's a fucking cool riff so I went and like I think they only did like two albums before he died but like they're both pretty fucking good man so I've been jamming like the Nightmare Logic one a lot. Like, yeah, I like it. I have not ever. I've never actually listened to that band. I never did either until recently. Like, I jokingly like talk shit, but not even really talking shit about it. There's another band from Canada, like a grind band called Power Trip. Oh, really? And I used to always post like Power Trip songs, like the Canadian one, and be like, "Not that Power Trip." Oh, yeah, right. But I've never, I've never checked them out, so I don't even know if I like them or not. Yeah, I you know what? I'm going to fucking say that they're not probably going to be your cup of tea, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, I like it. It's cool. Like, for what it is. For sure. Uh, anguish. I fucking jam a lot of anguish. A lot of uh, Detroit stuff from the FOAD. Like, okay. And then Under the Influence, separately. You gotta, you gotta get that fucking uh, perversion split tracks and those fucking winds of death. Yeah, I, I only really jam like that uh, perversion from the fucking FOAD and like uh, I think that's about most of most of the stuff that I've heard. Well, have you heard the anguish tracks they did with that? They did a split. Anguish did a four of anguish band. did like a split seven with perversion. Uh, no, I just heard, like, the Anguish Reaper uh, perversion. Oh, the FOAD? Yeah. I, I listen to that mostly, and then, like, Anguish is my favorite band out of the four, or out of that group, and yeah. then, like, the other Anguish stuff, including the Under the Influence, which I fucking love that album. It's like... Do you have the um, Motor City 3 tape? I don't know if that got uploaded anywhere. Uh, I don't think so. That yeah, I think you'd really dig that. Okay, was that Reaper on that, on that one? No, it's it's just anguish. It's an anguish tape. Just it, it's called Motor City Three. Oh no, so I got. But it was back when I think anguish was. Dennis wasn't in it. It was uh, Tony was still in it. Oh okay. Yeah, I've only really heard like that FOAD stuff and uh, Under the Influence. I need to like. I, and then you played Winds of Death. 
a few like back in the day, but we're usually fucking hammered. Like so, I'm like, <laughs> it's all good though. There's I, I like everything I've heard, so a lot of that. And, uh, that's a band that's fucking went through some iterations, and I've liked every iteration. I may have like the shit I kind of lean towards for what I really dig, but every, I I will defend every fucking iteration of that band. Yeah, they're fucking, uh, they're great. Um, and, like, a lot of, like, Motorhead lately, too, which was is why I started listening to, like, Under the Influence a little bit, because I was in that, like... But I've been jamming, like, the later Motorhead stuff, like the early 80s stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you're, there's always going to be 70s Motorhead. just like there's always going to be 70s Priest, but every once in a while I got a hankering for the 80s stuff. Not way, like, fucking... Louie Louie and fucking... You uh, fucking put on Hellraiser last night. Or Hellraiser, yeah. Hellraiser. Yeah. And then last but not least, the Scorpions, man. Nice. What uh, what albums? I've been jamming, uh, obviously, in trance. And then uh, the Blackout and uh, uh, the one with Coast to Coast on it with the dude and the chick in the back of the limo. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the name of that one. I know what you're talking about. It was a 79... <laughs> It was right before they started rocking you like a hurricane. It was like right before that transition. It's got the guitar work on that fucking on that album. I forget what it's called, like Love Line or something or fucking Dude. That might be the pinnacle of like Yuli's guitar playing, I think, is on that album, dude. It's so fucking good. But that's it, man. That's what I've been jamming. Uh maybe some fucking talk talk in there. Haircut 100. The Pet Shop Boys. You fucking threw on Talk Talk the other night. I didn't even realize it. Oh, I, was, I love that shit. Uh, who did Mexican Radio? Mexico Radio. That was a jam, too. I forgot about that song. Mexico Radio. Yeah, I like all that shit. That weird 80s, like, just, yeah, I like it. And they, you know, Oingo Boingo fits right in there. I get in those, dude, I straight up sometimes for hours just listen to that. Like, not Iran. Flock of Seagulls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the other fucking fire tracks that are on like their stuff they did and like Did you ever dip into Devo? Me and you have listened to a lot of Devo. I mean Have we? We have. Have I been drunk when we've done this? Because yes. I don't remember really listening to Devo with you. Us three have listened to Devo on a few occasions where <laughs> it's Devo Day. I've come over, the house was being cleaned to Devo and it was left on for like I, I told you that fucking my buddy I used to work with, Donovan, was obsessed with Devo. And you yeah, would yeah. never guess. He wore like a weird derby hat and he was like, he had like weird imported Devo fucking vinyl and cassettes and shit. He, if you said whip it around him, he got fucking pissed, dude. He's like, <laughs> you know what? He was that dude. He like fucking, and I don't even think he liked any other music or bands. I think he liked Kajagugu. All he cared about was Devo. D- Devo and Kajagugu. Like, even after the singer from Kajagugu left and they replaced him, he still was a fan of Kajagugu, dude. It was very <laughs> interesting hanging out with that guy. But, yeah. Uh, Devo rules. Not the radio stuff. Like, actual deep-cut Devo stuff is fucking cool. They got some really... Like, late 70s, early 80s stuff. Like, uh... Dude, they got a shit ton of good stuff. I know. I know. But Devo's I, straight fire. Yeah, Devo's awesome. And Devo was a straight up... Devo's straight punk. I don't care what anybody fucking says. Devo's fucking punk. 
Yeah, I, I mean, their fucking attitude, their whole, their outlook on shit, everything about Devo is fucking punk as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Fight me. That is a hundred percent my stance. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, man, I remember fucking Zach from Lieutenant Dan drove uh, drove Abe Lincoln, or yeah, Abe Lincoln when we went on tour. He drove the van, and we would fucking jam out to fucking. Uh, Devo a lot. Devo's fucking sweet, yeah. On that fucking tour. Fuck yeah. That and DJ Assaults. DJ Assaults. Ass and titties. Ah, sounds like a blast. I've, n- I've never showed you at DJ Assaults, have I? No. Okay, well, we jammed out a lot to that. I remember being stuck in traffic in, like, Milwaukee. Like, rush hour traffic. There's, like, a dude in a tie next to us. We had the fucking van windows down and fucking... Stereo crank to eleven, fucking DJ assaults like ass, titties, ass, ass, and titties, and he just like looks over at us like Cody's in like the front seat, just like looking at him. That's awesome, dude. I could just imagine. That's fucking. That's good times had by most, right there. Two asses, four titties. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Or or uh, the other time you were with what, what was it? Couple skate. You guys were jamming like wrestling entrance themes and shit. Or was that Morbid O? Fuck, that was with Morbid O. Morbid I think that o. was in the same tour. Yeah, that was the same tour. I'm like, why couldn't I have just been <laughs> in a started playing. I just, because I wasn't, I'm not in the fucking wrestling. I know, I'm like jealous. So I'm just wish- listening to this shit like, some of it I knew just because, I mean, I've played wrestling games and shit, so I, you'd hear that fucking music. Some of it I didn't know. I remember fucking Brett Michaels or... Was it Bre- Sean Michaels? Yeah, Brett Michaels is uh, Rock of Love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Sean Michaels. Look just what the cat dragged in. Sean Michaels. <laughs> the heartbreak kid, Brett Michaels. <laughs> I give him to believe him. Right down there behind the moon. I give <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Dude, I remember fucking on that tour, too. Uh, I was sitting in the back, and Eric from Overdose was up front. And he put on, like, Mortician was playing, and every time a fucking sample would come, he's like, Jared, what's this from? <laughs> like, he knew a lot of them, but there was a few that he didn't know. And I'd have to, like, help him out with what it was. And I'm like, what's the, what's the name of the song? Because <laughs> I think almost everyone he didn't know, the name of the song was basically the movie. Oh, yeah, the piece of song is called Human Puzzle. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck, I didn't even think about that. Okay, thanks. Yeah. It's funny, too, because I was jamming uh, Darkest Day of Horror. And the first track is called Audra. Yeah. And it's just the whole skate scene from Curtains. No dialogue. The music. I'm just, like, sitting there. And it took me, like, um, a second. And then once it started to escalate... And the music started. I'm like, it's fucking curtains, dude. Like, I can almost nail every fucking sample on all of it. And they got like 30 songs per record. So it's like, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, a, and sometimes it stumps me. I'm like, dude. Because sometimes it's just like a detective talking or something. There's a few where if you don't actually, if you don't really fucking know that movie, they pick some weird fucking spots. They do. Where it's like, you know the movie, but it's a weird conversation between like yeah. a detective and a fucking suspect or something. You're like, uh, and I try not to look at the song titles. Usually it gives it away, but 
that, well, like that fucking Audra, that Audra, and I'm like, and you know how many times you've fucking seen that curtain scene? That's famous. That's like the scene that that's that's the scene that people use to sell the movie. It is. Other yeah, otherwise that movie's kind of, but whatever. It was a made-for-TV movie initially. Yeah, but that scene is fucking still. It creeps me the fuck out, and it's not just the the face skating sickle it's the doll and shit too in the road the whole like that whole section of that movie is just yeah it's like a dream sequence but it, oh man I don't know I, I, I like it though it's fucking it's, it's good but yeah that came on I heard that music and I, it took me a minute and then I, when I nailed it you just feel like all satisfied You're like fucking Curtis dude <laughs> but like, you don't hear anyone talk and you don't hear anything all you hear is score and sounds and then the choo! The sound of the sickle, like they make that weird sound shit. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking cool, man. So yeah, I've been listening to a fuck ton of Mortician, dude. So hell yeah, yeah. So I, I before I guess we're gonna hang this up soon, maybe. No? Pretty soon, pretty soon. I think we're pretty much out of main topics. We are. I just want to tell people check out the last Henry Rollins stand up if that's your thing. If not, that's cool too. But it was like 2018. It's fucking killer. Um, I love his spoken word. And Dark Side of the Ring, if if you watch wrestling, I don't know, if you don't, on Hulu, Dark Side of the Ring is fucking sweet. It's just basically, like, true stories, sad stories about, like, wrestlers that have died or, like, bad things that have happened. And the new season kicked off yesterday with Brian Pillman. It's a good one. So, if, if you're not in the know, now you know. I don't watch wrestling, and I actually want to check out the Dark Side of the Rings the sh- just from the shit you told me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend watching all the episodes. I would. Uh, there's a hand. There's like maybe three or four you have to watch. Dude, I can get in the drama. Like I want to hear like drama from fucking people's from shit going on. I can get into that, even if I'm not into the whole fucking. I'm not into wrestling, but you give me fucking drama about shit that happened from wrestlers. So you, you've told me stories about fucking shit that yeah. I'm like totally honed into the like why you're telling the story. So I'm like, I could probably check out Dark Side if, of the Ring. If nothing else, watch the new Jack one, dude. <laughs> that's actually the really, That's what I really want to check out. The, the literal name of the episode is The Life and Crimes of New Jack. That's fucking amazing. The shit you've told me about him is fucking amazing. I, this guy literally... You've told me. You and Kirby have told me. Kirby has told me. Lewis, Lewis told me before, like, three years. Five years before Dark Side of the Ring, I didn't know shit about ECW. I'm a, I was always WCWWF. He's like fucking New Jack, and he's just telling me these stories about this wrestler named New Jack, and I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna have to. And this was before. Is that the, the fucking drunked out fucking Motor City Nightmares night? Yeah, we're like literally passing for back and forth a bottle of whiskey. Everyone else is sleeping. It's like five in the morning, jamming Fister, and he just starts telling me about New Jack. All the shit that's on the dark side of the ring, he told me about in detail. And I'm just like, what? He pulled a fucking blade (laughs) out of his pocket and shanked a guy in the wrestling ring for real like 17 times. Yeah, he was wanted for murder. But, uh, yeah, they said it was a part of the uh, storyline. And the guy said he wanted to, uh, if, if he would drop the charges, if New Jack would promise to wrestle him again so that they could make money because now there's a storyline for the wrestling like I'm gonna get my revenge for you stabbing me in the ring but he literally got fucking stabbed like 17 times dude in a small indie like fucking DIY 
with folding chairs and like moms are grabbing their kids and like running out to the door and shit like cops coming in with like what the fuck it's a wrestling match like what i couldn't imagine that happening at taylortown trade center right like oh new jack's gonna be here he's wrestling tataka fresh out of retirement <laughs> like whoa dude fucking wrestling rhino yeah he stabbed rhino 17 times like for real like fucking what fuck i remember working at kmart and people would be like fucking rhino's here yeah dude i smoked weed with rhino yeah i swear to god uh garrett's old tattoo guy brian yeah he knew rhino somehow and i went over to brian's house i think he tattooed rhino and i fucking like smoked weed with this was like 2000 and fucking three <laughs> i didn't know who the guy was and then like weeks later fucking brian was like yeah that dude he's like a wrestler and shit and then years later i see rhino and he's got the old english d airbrushed on his fucking uh wrestling gear and shit and i'm like I knew I, I when I seen him I was like, I smoked weed with that guy. He's in fucking ECW like holy shit like I he's just a regular guy that I was sitting there with like with long hair. Like I didn't think nothing of it. It's fucking Rhino now. Now I know who the fuck it is like cool. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. But fuck yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we got some uh we got some cool shit coming up hopefully. We've been putting our heads together. Yeah, we got um, uh, plans for some new shit. We're on the Instagram Live right now. That's kind of precursor for yeah one of the things we got coming up. Yep. Hopefully. Um, new merch, new things. Uh, for now, we got fucking shirts that are almost sold out and yep. uh, new koozies. Yeah, we got like uh, limited. Yeah, these new koozies. Yeah. These new ones, buddy. Yeah, we got like limited amounts of certain sizes, which... I'm sure we'll... We're sold out of mediums. No more mediums? No more mediums. Mediums are gone. We got like one XL left. I think we got like three larges left. Not a lot of petite people listen to us. I don't think we've sold a small yet. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um, We got some smalls left. Jimmy got two mediums. Okay. Um, Yeah, man, we got shit going on. Yeah, we do. I mean, and and it's cool too. I'm excited, like, because it's going to be different. It's going to be, like, the ideas we have are completely different from like just our standard like do an episode make some shirts if we actually like do what the fuck we were talking about the other day i'm excited i think it'd be cool yeah absolutely so yeah maybe anybody still on that live feed we got lost and loaded fuck yeah lost and loaded is here fright find fright find don't know them but cool i'm glad you're here too and jay uh said something about uh you guys screwed something up when I we were trying to fucking I was sending requests to my own podcast. <laughs> so sorry, Jay. Fuck. Yeah, man. Oh, hey, uh happy belated birthday, Jay. Yeah. Uh that was a fucking awesome picture you sent me with your uh crispy ass burnt offerings tea, banging claws and shots of jack. I don't even get shit sent to me. You're the face. I'm not, I got a face for radio. You're the face of Burn Offerings. <laughs> You're always like, oh, I talk to everybody about fucking the show, and I'm like, no one hits me up on my Instagram. Well, no, because I, I hit people up. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Like, But also, my Instagram's like, if you go through like the actual post dates, it's like, there's like months in between each post. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, like, I check it all the time. I'm always scrolling through my feed, but I don't fucking post shit. Instagram's the only, uh, I mean, I'm on Twitter, but no one else is. I use that for like bands and shit, and like 
Instagram is my only means of social media, so I'm on the fucking thing. That's how I communicate with people, pretty much. So. Oh yeah. Um, you use Facebook though, right? I mean, more, I did more than Instagram, right? I probably post on. Well, it depends. I'll share shit on Facebook, but it's always like horror trailers or music and shit. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying like. <laughs> but po- normal post wise, I probably post more on Instagram than I do on Facebook. Oh. You never post up. I just scroll. I scroll through shit. I'm a lurker. I lurk. I just... Fucking lurk. I just share via DM memes and funny shit that I see. You will text me and then DM me and then we get into a conversation on Instagram direct message and there's a different conversation going on through text. Yeah. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah. And I tried to like hone him into one. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, because... Uh, I gotta, you know, I gotta separate the two. Like, dude, via text, we're totally talking about Big Trouble in Little China. But, dude, did you see that David Lynch meme that I sent you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Meme Holland Drive is like the most fucking awesome Instagram fucking account out there. It's all David Lynch memes. <laughs> dude, there was one. Okay, so I don't know if any of you guys know of a band called American Football. I've heard of the name. Uh, this One of the guys from St. Louis, one of the cool dudes from St. Louis is really into that band. Okay. I think it was uh, the dude that liked doom metal. Was it the Flashing Werewolf Cat guy? I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know what <laughs> Dude, I told you that dude's name's like Flashing 12 O'Clock. Oh, every, no, no. Not every him. time no, I no. scroll through, I think it just says Flashing Werewolf Cock. No, no, not Flashing 12 O'Clock. It's uh, the dude... He's never on there anymore, but he had, like, orange amps and, like, was into Doom, kind of. I think I know which one. I think, okay. I think I know what guy you're talking And he's about. a big blues fan. He, like, I don't know. But anyway, he, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, he, I guess, like, he's big into fucking this band called American Football. And I don't know what the fuck that is, but I seen on, <laughs> I seen on Meme Holland Drive a picture of David Lynch with, like, a pencil in his ear with like a notebook on a set looking like really fucking weird with like a scarf and it's like listens to American football once dot 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 and it's just like David Lynch all fucking weird I was like what does that even mean but like I had no choice but to laugh at it because I'm like dude I have no idea what the fuck that even sounds like what that band sounds like I don't know I think I follow somebody whose name's like American football that dude's name was American football I think it's a chick no he changed his name to like American underscore football, but then changed it back to like. Well, I think the person I follow is a chick whose oh, name is American oh. Football. Yeah, because that dude, uh, I think his name's Chris. Chris from St. Louis. He okay. hung out with like all the St. Louis dudes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we were talking about like Electric Wizard and sleep and shit at the one thing, and he changed his name to American Football. And that always confuses me when people do that because I've had the same name for like 10 years. I'm like, when the fuck did I start following American football? And it's like, that dude, same pictures, different name and shit. I'm like, oh, that's that guy. Right. So, but no, yeah, that was a funny-ass meme. But yeah, it's, if you if you like David Lynch, man, Meme Holland Drive. Meme Holland Drive, yeah, you've been telling me about them forever. You send me shit, and you're like, you follow them yet? And I'm like, no, I don't. And you're like, dude. Then you send me another one. You follow them yet? It's fucking, dude, I can't even handle it. And this is going to blow a couple people's minds. I consider myself to be a huge David Lynch fan. I have a huge eraser head poster I stare at every day right above my TV. I have a David Lynch prayer candle. Yeah, you do. Okay. 
I have uh, the rare eraser head cutout that was handed out in theaters in the 70s that is also in this house somewhere. It was, wasn't was handed out in the 70s. Whenever, I don't know. It was um, it was during a midnight showing in like the 2000s or 90s. Oh, was it? Well, yeah, it, looks like... it even, well, it even says at the bottom, like from the dir- uh, director of Blue Velvet. Oh, okay. It looks like straight from fucking like 78. Yeah, whoever designed that is fucking... Did a bang up job. Yeah, I got okay. So I got that, and then like, uh, I've never watched one second of Twin Peaks. No, never. And I know if I say that in certain circles of Lynch fans, I'll get fucking beat down for that because people worship Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can't say I would think otherwise, considering Kyle. McLaughlin or whatever from fucking uh, Blue, Blue Velvet. Velvet and like I think was Laura Dern in that too mm-hmm. the Twin Peaks thing yeah so I mean it's your usual suspects but it's just his movies and like Twin Peaks didn't make a comeback recently like yep they made a new season yeah so everyone was like I mean obviously a lot of people I follow like Lynch we have this you know and they're like dude I do, you know, and I've never checked it out I kind of want to but I just like his films man and I don't think he's ever made a bad one. I even like Doom. I'm like in the minority. Like I like Doom and fucking Elephant Man. No fucks given. There's really I don't even think there's a minority for Elephant Man. A lot of people say that that's not really his. I'm like I don't think that there. I mean, ever... don't look at it as a Lynch film necessarily, but it's a good fucking movie. Oh, it's great. I like it. I like it, but people like usually say that that's not one of their favorites, and Dune is not one of their favorites. Dune, yeah, Dune's fucking, Dune's Dune. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so like, I even like those ones, and the Disney one he fucking made, which is awesome. Like, I like it all. But yeah, I, I need to maybe get on that Twin Peaks uh, gig. Hell yeah, dude, do it so, up. Yeah. Yeah, I need I need to sharpen my Lynch pencil. I got uh, zero VHS Lynch movies. Oof! All the ones I have are on DVD. No, well, at least you own them. It's the thing. I do. Yeah, I got the good ones too. I got like Blue Velvet, Mulholland Drive, uh, Wild at Heart. It's all on DVD. But like, these fucking people want so much for Eraserhead, and I had it in my hand. Tony Salomon at the tape swap years ago wanted 10 bucks for it. I think it's like a hundred dollars. The, the RCA Colombian fucking yeah. I'm like, dude, just <laughs> why does this have to be a hundred dollars? I that's why we need tape swap. I'm gonna get tape Alright. Alright man, I think we're done here. Yeah. Oh, before we go, if you're on the live feed, all none of you. Andy Camp's cheddar fries makes like Knock off Funyuns now, which I'm going to dip into soon. So, hell yeah. yeah. All right, we'll see you guys. All right, see you guys. Later.